Praise the Lord. Uh, this morning, I would like us just to share something briefly on the subject of set apart. Set apart. Praise the Lord. Sometimes in life, it is good to pause, look back, assess your present state, and then from the two perspectives, begin to ask yourself, where am I headed? Praise the Lord. The history will help you see whether you are making progress or not. The present related to the history can enable you to determine whether you will continue or you are giving up. But we are not of the kind that walk back. We are not of the kind that give up. Praise the Lord. So for us to reflect over our present and analyze it on the basis of our history is an opportunity to spur ourselves up for the great future that is ahead. In Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Then Romans 8.8 says, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In Psalms 51, verse 5, it says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. I want to talk about as a background, I want to speak about the nature of man, which I'm sure as a born-again Christian, all of us are very much conversant with, that from the very beginning, God created us a perfect people. But our father Adam, because he compromised himself, he invited a new nature. There was a crossbreed. Praise the Lord. The holy nature that God had designed for man was compromised. And therefore, we acquired a new nature that is anti-God. It's in rebellion with God. And all of us from that lineage have inherited this nature to the extent that we know things are not right. But it has been a cry in the human race, hoping and wishing to see a change in their lives. But God did not abandon us. We are all conversant with that. Having known that we will fall, He had a backup plan in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. And behold, I saw a lamp as one that was slain in the foundation of the earth. Praise the Lord. Because God had already known that there would be something wrong with our nature. He's all-knowing. He had a backup plan. His design was that we be holy in His presence. We be set apart for His purposes. But we compromised it. And so we lost it. Praise the Lord. That nature has afflicted humanity all through will continue afflicting the humankind. And so it brings us to a point where we begin to wonder what is it that we can do. We are not the first ones. Paul thought about this. And in the book of Romans, chapter 7, he continues to say this. Verse 17 18, pick it from there. 
But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. I'm just trying to establish one fact. That this nature of man that we have is corrupt. This nature that we have can never be good. The nature of a human being left on its own is corrupt, totally corrupt. So it requires an external force to come and change it. You know, God compares us to a seed. We have been born. For the born again Christian, the Bible says you have been born of the incorruptible seed. The seed of God that does not sin. Praise the Lord. So it means there is a transformation that takes place in a life so that that nature of sin may not have hold over you. The nature of sin may not hold, have hold over me. Somebody is asking Kenneth, we have known all this, that's why we are born again. But I'm saying it's okay, let's go along. Because we want to see, is it just enough for me to be saved? Or is there something else that I need to do? Praise the Lord. Now God would have sent an angel to come and die on behalf of men. God would have sent another being to come and die. But Jesus said, here I am. I want to be a sacrifice. So he took upon our own flesh, a similar flesh like ours. The reason why Jesus is doing that is not because he was unable to declare that we be born again, no. But the purpose was to destroy the sin in the human nature. Praise the Lord. He was to reverse that nature that we acquired at the time we compromised with sin. So that we may have a new nature that can please God. That is where we begin today, this morning. The body that Christ had before he went on the cross was subject to temptation. Praise the Lord. He was tempted by the devil. He was hungry. He was anger. It was a flesh like yours and mine. And so when he went on the cross, the pain that you would feel when you are being pierced, Jesus Christ felt it. Praise the Lord. But some good news emerged three days after. Because when Jesus Christ rose again, something had changed. Something had changed. Praise the Lord. Previously, he could just be found physically in one place. He had to knock a door in order to gain entrance. But after resurrection, the disciples had locked themselves in fear. They were just wondering what next move they would make. Then suddenly Jesus appears in their midst. Praise the Lord. A new body he had acquired. The old body had been buried with its weaknesses. All the power of sin had been hanged on the cross. It could no longer manifest itself in the new body that Christ had. Praise the Lord. And that is the body that we are talking about this morning. We want to desire to see how we can gain access to this kind of authority. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old, as old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. So that means a new nature takes place. And that is the starting point. I want to say this morning that the new nature that overcomes sin, begins at the point when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives. Praise the Lord. We allow Him to come inside our lives and to change us. So that means we die. We die to the old nature. And something that is dead cannot rise again. Praise the Lord. And that is one thing that we have to desire. Why am I speaking about this? I know in our midst sometimes, we have people who have been born in a Christian, what we call Christian environment. A family. I don't know. Sometimes we refer to them as Christian families. 
But Christianity is not something that you just smear on somebody. It is an experience that you must have inside you. Praise the Lord. You know that it has happened. Your life has been changed. Your nature has been changed. You feel it as you walk. You feel it as you speak. You feel it wherever you are. Because a transformation has taken place. The mind changes. The old nature changes. The nature of the old mind, the way it used to wander around, thinking and meditating over things that are unworthy, is transformed. And you are replaced. A new form of mind that is governed by the Holy Ghost takes over in your life. Praise the Lord. So therefore, a new nature takes place in your life. You cannot just say you are going to, to, to read the word of God and then oh, be close to Christians. It's not by association. You can be close to them, but if that transformation has not taken place, the old nature is still there. Praise the Lord. You are only a well-behaved person. You are only a disciplined human being. But left on your own, the old nature will take root and will manifest itself. That is why you can find somebody who is very good. And one day he does something, I thought this man was good. It is because there is that old nature that is rearing its head, ugly head again. It has not been destroyed in its life. Praise the Lord. That is one thing that we must begin to reflect over this morning. So what am I saying? I'm saying, after salvation, there is a need for us to progress to another state. Praise the Lord. A step that frees us from this nature of sin. When we get saved, we are just telling God, we are just saying, Yes, Lord, I accept you to be my Savior. He comes in, in into your life. He's ready to transform you. He gives you the potential to acquire His abilities through nature. But then there comes a step where now you have got to be sanctified. Praise the Lord. You have got to be set apart for the purpose of being glorified. Because there will be a stage of glorification. But if you just stay as a saved person, yes, you are saved. We have no, well, we have no question about it. You are born again. But you will find always the nature of sin trying to rear its ugly presence in your life. That power trying to lure you back into that old life. Sometimes you are trying to go and you find that you have got the tendency to go back. What we want to say this morning, we want to take a new step in our life. To leave alone those things, those powers, those forces that want to draw us back into the world that we used to live. And to move on to acquire a complete new nature of, of Christ. Praise the Lord. That overcomes sin completely. That is no longer subject to the controls or the winds of sin in our lives. And I thank God that God has led the church. On Thursday, you can purpose this morning. Father, I want to discover something. A relationship that is long lasting. A relationship that brings us as me to that life of being set apart. I'll use that word for now. Being set apart for your purpose. Being isolated. Being removed from that environment of sin. Being removed from the closeness of the nature of sin, so that my life may be different. Praise the Lord. In the book of Leviticus 27, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7 and 8, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Verse 8, And you shall keep my statutes and perform them, and I am, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to take note of one thing, that both verse 7 and 8 kind of give us a picture of where you and God begin to work together for your own sanctification. Praise the Lord. Because you have said, sanctify yourself. 
But then in verse 8, he comes to say, I am the Lord that sanctifieth thee. Praise the Lord. It's a collaborative exercise. And how do you help yourself to be sanctified? To be set apart for the purpose of God. It is by availing yourself, aligning yourself with the will of God. Accepting God to work within you. That is the simple role that you have to play. Praise the Lord. It is a divine purpose. It is a divine work for you to be sanctified. But for you to be sanctified will require you to yearn, to desire, to long, to work towards it. Then God meets you at that point. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone defies the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God, which temple you are. Now, the Bible is actually trying to strengthen the fact that you are a unique being. You are a unique person. And God enviously guards over you. God wants you to remain a holy being. God wants you to be set apart. But now, He's warning you that if you defile that temple, then He will destroy you. Praise the Lord. That reminds us one thing, that God is in the process of ensuring that you are holy. All you need to do is to align yourself, to allow Him to work through you, so that you may remain that holy being that He desires you to be. John seventeen sixteen to 19, verse 16 says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Then 19 says, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may truly be sanctified. Praise the Lord. I'm just speaking on the second point, and that is a call to sanctification. All those verses are emphasizing one thing. God expects you to be a sanctified being. Praise the Lord. God expects you to be set apart for His purpose. Consecrated for His work. Not just being saved, but deciding that now, Lord, I want you to consecrate me for the work that you have purposed in my life. Praise the Lord. And I am saying, align yourself with the purpose of God. Seek that God may minister to you. That's the simple role that He wants from you. That you align yourself with His purpose and you shall be sanctified. Praise the Lord. The process of sanctification, it is a collaborative exercise as I've said. It requires you to play a role and God plays His role. The divine work of sanctifying you is God's. But the work of bringing yourself in line with God's will in your life, it is you to do it. Praise the Lord. You cannot sit there. You cannot become irresponsible and just expect God to come and shake you up, cause you to be. He will expect you to take some steps in your life so that you may be whole. Titus 2.14 says, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness. If we stop there, Jesus has given himself that you may be set free from the wickedness of this world. Praise the Lord. I have said you can be saved. And many people are saved. And what usually happens is they remain there. And you will find the enemy trying to play around with them. For a long time, two years, three years, somebody is living a life, his up is down. His up is down. And he begins to get worked up, disappointed with himself. He begins to think that it's impossible to remain holy. It is not. God cannot call us unto a life of holiness if it is impossible for us to attain it. He cannot do that. And if you have said in his word, be ye holy, for I am holy, it means he has seen the possibility of you being holy. Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying is this. He has gone a step further, even to give himself as a sacrifice in Titus. He has given, he has gone a step further to give himself as a sacrifice on your behalf. On my behalf, that we may acquire this holiness. Praise the Lord. That we may acquire this sanctification. We may be set apart for the purpose of God's work. Praise the Lord. And it continues, and purify for himself. And purify for himself. So that's the work that he's doing. Purify for himself are people that are his very own. Praise the Lord. 
in saying that Jesus is simply, the Bible is just simply telling us, brethren, that God has been working through this. Jesus has been purposely, working deliberately, working to see you and I transform our lives into vessels that are consecrated. Vessels that He's proud of. Vessels that He can feel honored in. Vessels that are sanctified. Praise the Lord. So that we may be eager to do what is good. Now just to clarify some few things on this as, as we continue. Is that when we are talking about you being sanctified. I will give a simple comparison. So that we begin to see what it does really mean. In being saved, you have life. You receive the life from God. But in being sanctified, in being set apart, you receive the abundant life of God. Are we there now? You re- you re- in one act, you receive life. You qualify for that life. In the second act, you receive abundance of it. Praise the Lord. I can give you a biscuit, and I can give you abundant biscuits. In one instance, you are eating but still longing for more. In the second one, you feel comfortable. You can feel yourself to whatever level you want. Praise the Lord. So the act of God setting you apart, sanctifying you, He's placing you in the very seat where all His blessings, Ephesians 1, who has blessed us with all heavenly blessings, you are now in the midst, in the seat. You, you are lost for where to start. Praise the Lord. Because they are surrounding you. You are encompassed with these blessings. Peace. You have peace with God. In the first instance, you get saved. You receive peace. You have peace with God. You are no longer afraid. Now I'll tell you something about this Kenneth. Kenneth was very comfortable when you are talking about football. Kenneth was very comfortable when you are talking about other things. Kenneth will laugh and be very happy. But when you begin to say, you know, Jesus Christ came to die for us, something would start turning inside him. A fear. Because he was uncomfortable. He was not at peace with God. And so the word of God was really eating up in him. It was like accusing him, shining a light on him. Kenneth, you know you did this yesterday. Kenneth, you know last year you did this. Whenever somebody was talking about the word of God, it was so, so uncomfortable for me. And then I had another mother. I have a mother. And even then, she was that strict. Every evening you have had your supper, and she would lay a table there. Everybody come here. We want to read the word of God. My friend, even that supper would just disappear. Praise the Lord. So what did we used to do? You quickly eat and you pretend you are dead asleep. Because the fear, you are being reminded. So the moment I got saved, I found I was among the first ones on the table. There was peace. I, I was at peace with God. Praise the Lord. But as I continued in my salvation, I found the peace would be there. Sometimes I would feel like things are pressing on me and I'm struggling. Again I pray and again I find I'm again being revived. I'm being revived. I'm being revived. So it reminded me of those tractors that I don't know whether you have witnessed them. They were tractors some time back. We didn't have this ignition key. Praise the Lord. There was something which looked like a a key. So you would come and crank it. As it starts, you jump quickly, you throw it, and then you, you sit, you sit on it. Praise the Lord. So I was a Christian that was operating on that principle. I had to be cranked when I'm feeling good now in the church, I'm happy. Then everything looks good. But the moment we are out of the church, I feel like I'm not very comfortable. This morning God will make us understand that there is a level we can reach where the peace of God moves in our lives, in the church, at home, in place of work, where we are facing trouble, we are still at peace. Praise the Lord. 
And that is the level where God has set us apart. He has sanctified our lives. Praise the Lord. In the first instance, your sins are forgiven. In the next one, the nature of sin is actually subject to you. Praise the Lord. You are no longer worried. You know there are some Christians who actually write a diary on how not to sin in a day. Praise the Lord. There are people who sit down and say, if, because I know I can have a problem in Rui, today no Rui. Tomorrow no Rui. In order to avoid, to avoid falling into temptation. Praise the Lord. Why? Because they are actually, they are cranking themselves into salvation, into the life of Christianity. But it comes to another time, my brother. It comes to a level when you begin to yield yourself to God. And it begins to set you apart. It begins to clean those old things in you. It gives you a new nature in your life. Where now you are no longer thinking of what is going to happen. Because you know He is inside. Praise the Lord. He is forever inside. It comes and you can sense even before. This person is of no good. He has not spoken. He has not told you anything. He is smiling but you can sense in your spirit. Something is not right with this person. So when he's coming, the Spirit of God has already alerted you. You are alert. Praise the Lord. And so you can face the situation. That's the place where God is setting you apart. You are now communing with Him. You are now in a pure relationship with Him. Praise the Lord. And then, I want to finalize that issue. I don't know whether I'm going to... I'm not here to convince you, but I'm just here to share with you this experience. Praise the Lord. There is the issue of a right to heaven. And a fitness for heaven. Praise the Lord. One day I went to my brother-in-law who is a doctor in Nairobi. I had got a job. And I went to his office. We were laughing and I said, you know what, my brother. I want you to give me a certificate of, uh, to show that I'm physically fit. I used the word physically fit. Now I didn't know that in medical circles they don't. <laughs> They don't allow those kind of physical fitness because they talk of medically fit. So I was going there and then he said, no, Kenneth, I think what they want to know is whether you are medically fit. It made me reflect over that. That means I can be whole and walk in the hospital and tell them I want you to carry tests in my body. And then they will tell me, actually, you are not leaving this hospital. You need to be admitted. I walked in the hospital healthy, laughing. But then the doctor tells me, yes, you are physically, you appear to be physically whole. But medically you are not sound. So you need to be admitted immediately. Praise the Lord. Salvation gives us a right to heaven. But sanctification, the setting apart of our lives for the purpose of God, gives us the fitness tick for heaven. Praise the Lord. We are declared now fit for heaven. The other one gave us the potential to go to heaven. But this other one gives us the bill. The bill that we are now a stamp. We are now fit for heaven. And that is where we want to be brethren. Praise the Lord. We want to move from that place where we just have the potential. You know we are just raving that we are going to heaven. But we want to move to a point where God has stamped on us and says, Okay, this one I have stamped is heavenly property. Made in heaven. Praise the Lord. Not made in China, but made in heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, why are we talking about this aspect of sanctification? I want us just to share on three reasons why you, why you and me must live a life that has been set apart. A life that has been sanctified. Praise the Lord. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Praise the Lord. And verse 10 says, I the Lord search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person According to what their deeds deserve. My heart and your heart can be deceptive. 
Praise the Lord. We can take things for granted and we don't feel guilty about it. At the point of salvation. We can have pride inside us and it doesn't bother us. As long as nobody has confronted us with that. We may have some dose of hatred for people. And we don't know, we, 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 we see it's normal. In fact, the world has convinced us to feel, if you don't have some anger, if you don't have some, then you are not, you are not a normal person. You must have a dose of these bad things for you to be a natural human being. But I'm saying, God sent his son to destroy that power of sin, that nature of sin. That nature that we are saying it is natural to be this. It is natural to be this. That nature is what Jesus came to destroy. So that he may usher us into that new nature of God that does not sin. For as long as there is that small dosage of sin in you that you entertain, you can be as uncertain of heaven as any other person who is not born again. Praise the Lord. People are looking at me and saying, Kenneth, what are you talking about? Because yesterday you are, you are annoyed with somebody. Because this morning before you turned around the light, you shouted at the other driver, this man doesn't know how to drive. Which school did you go to? If you come to Kenya, they will always throw those things to you. They, especially if you are, your car is smoking, they tell you, remove this firewood from the road. Praise the Lord. And those words just come as if it's automatic. It's because the nature inside, the abundance of the heart, just chants them out. Praise the Lord. The nature inside has not been transformed. It's still the same old one. You come here, these ladies who walk with very sharp shoes, I'm always very careful to walk away from Especially in the churches back at home where we, we like jumping and singing. Once you see them singing, you also sing moving away. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> because some of them get caught up in the spirit and they, they really land on you with that, that heal. So hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And some brethren... Hallelujah. They push you with a, a, a very tough hallelujah. Hallelujah, sister. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why? The nature, anger, boils up in you. You just find it blowing up. Because that nature is still there. Praise the Lord. Scrolling. Trying to show himself again in your life. Until it is crucified. Praise the Lord. That's the time that God is now sanctifying you, removing you from that power. I've told you once, I, I thought I was a very patient man. And actually people knew that this is a very patient man. And I was happy that I had made some mark in that level. Until I went to work in a country called Seychelles. Praise the Lord. If you are a teacher from India, if you are a teacher from Nigeria, if you are a teacher from Kenya, Sri Lanka, or wherever, teaching is different. The moment you walk in the classroom, every student is. In fact, they see you coming and everybody's on the hills, running. Praise the Lord. So it was a real change of things. I walked there and a student is telling you the road. Give me two minutes, I want to talk to my cousin, and then I'll come. I said, what? Sir, just two minutes. My friend, I realized <laughs> that letter was just lying low all these years. It was just lying low inside me. Because I found myself breathing very heavily. What do you mean? Get into the class quickly. Some of us are still there, brethren. Praise the Lord. 
we find ourselves. I'm not saying it will come, but how do you handle it? Anger. How do you handle it? When somebody annoys you, how do you handle it? Praise the Lord. Some women in my country, they say, if I put it in Kiswahili, it will come out nice, but let me try in English. Let me just put my Jesus down a bit and then you will see me. (laughs) Hey, that's not salvation. Praise the Lord. The old man is still rearing his head in your life. Needs to be crucified. Needs to die. Needs to die. If you plant maize and you see other, other, the kuch, uh, is it kuch class or what? Coming up with it. Are you happy? You quickly take your hoe and you remove it. It has to be removed. You don't allow it to grow. Because it's going to take the nutrients of the maize. Bring yourself in line with the purpose of God in your life. Let Him set you apart. Let Him Take you away from that nature. Praise the Lord. The heart can be deceitful. Second Timothy two twenty one. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter. He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Praise the Lord. I've just taken the last part of this. If you read a few verses ahead, it's talking of a large, every large household has got vessels, noble and ignoble. Anger, malice, jealousy, envy, pride. Those are the ignoble aspects in our lives that we must surrender to God. We part. And look, listen to the verse carefully, the way it says. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, who is cleansing himself? Who? Me. Praise the Lord. So I've got to purpose that God, I want this removed. I don't just walk in the church and sit and say, okay, if God wills, He will remove my anger. No, I have got to deliberately subject it to the authority of the Word of God. Praise the Lord. That it be removed in my life. If a man purges from this, he shall be a vessel of honor. And listen to this. Sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Third reason, Ephesians 5, 26, 27. Now, I know this is a place that we read, especially couples meetings. But something was standing out as I meditated over it. Verse 25, let's, let's look at verse uh, 25. It says, husbands, love your wives. And then, there is a comma there. Just as Christ also loved the church... And gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So he just tells us, husband, love your wife. And then, the paths that follow. Quite a lengthy part. It's in reference to the church. The example it's giving is the church. That means that's what Christ is doing to the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. He's cleansing us by His Word. Making us sanctified. In readiness for His second coming. Praise the Lord. When I talk about the wedding night, 
I may lose all the sisters because their mind will just shoot back 25, 30 years ago, 15 years. They are reflecting how they prepared themselves. Sisters, you didn't get that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah. But it must remind us of how God is taking his time to prepare me, to prepare you, sanctify me, sanctify you for his second coming. Praise the Lord. If you have ever been to an, my wife attended an Omani wedding, and when she came, I was just listening to her, because it was a colleague in the school. She said, "You know what? When Jamila, you couldn't know she was the one. Robia Luck, Crown Paint, Jotun, everything was on the face. She was shining. Praise the Lord. The preparation took and sandpaper also. Praise the Lord." To smoothen, to make beautiful readiness for the husband. Now you can see the men smiling because they are seeing the pictures of their wives that night. <laughs> anniversaries, how many are celebrating anniversaries now? Don't stand because. <laughs> Praise the Lord. People are prepared themselves. The ladies are preparing themselves for the wedding. Brethren, it's a call. It's a call for us to prepare ourselves for the second coming of our Lord. When you see all these things, in the days of Noah, people are giving to marriage and marrying, buying and selling. And the Lord said, when you see all these things happen, these are the, the first pains of my second coming. Signs of my second coming. Who doesn't know ISIS? In fact, people are afraid of putting on black these days. Because you'll be confused to be an ISIS member. It's all over. They're reminding us that they're fighting, targeting Christians, beheading them, confirming the scripture. Praise the Lord. It's time. Think about your life. Am I setting my life apart in readiness for Christ? Am I preparing my life in readiness for Christ? Quickly, we'll go through some examples in the Bible of people who are set apart, people who are sanctified. Abraham, Genesis 12. I love this. Pastor Abraham. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I know Pastor Sean likes calling Pastor Abraham Father Abraham. And I said, uh, the picture that always rings fast in my mind is a long beard, white. White long beard of Father Abraham. Because those are pictures that were in the books when I was reading about Abraham. This Abraham. So I used Praise the Lord. So our Father Abraham in the scripture. <laughs> no, no, this Our father Abraham in the scripture, praise the Lord, in Genesis 12. God asked him to move out of his, first, I want to see, his country, his kindred, and then his fathers. Leaving a country, all of you people, when you leave, when I leave Kenya, I don't even, I I don't want to inform the government I'm leaving. Let them find out themselves. Praise the Lord. When I'm leaving my home, my people, I tell them, oh, bye bye, I'm going back to a man. But I walk with my parents to the bus stop. It is usually painful because I feel I'm, I'm being detached from people who really matter. Praise the Lord. And God was very specific to Abraham. He first told him, I'm calling you out of your country. Ah, that one is okay. I'm calling you out of your kindred, your people. Okay. I'm calling you out of your fathers. Okay. Praise the Lord. He's waiting. But this man was faithful. He left. Praise the Lord. He accepted to be set apart from all the country, the kindred, and the family. Anything that matters, mattered to him, he was ready to forsake. Let's see. 
In chapter 13 verse 2, Abraham was a rich man. Let's let's read. I may not be quoting the right place. Yes, Abraham. Before the name changed to Abraham, chapter two, verse chapter chapter thirteen, verse two. Abraham was very rich in livestock and in silver and in gold. Praise the Lord. And then in chapter 12, God has said that you will be a great nation. Verse 2. But then when we go down, we follow the story of Abraham, some things begin to change in the life of Abraham. We come to 18, chapter 18. And the Lord said, shall I hide this from Abraham? Now the name has already changed. Maybe we start from chapter 17, so that we see what is really happening. Chapter 17, verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. What is he multiplying? The man is already rich. But God is saying, Abraham, forget about this. You have accepted to be set apart. I am going to multiply you exceedingly rich. That means what Abraham had tested was just a, a, a very small piece of what God had in store for him. Praise the Lord. On the basis that he will accept to be set apart. Praise the Lord. And then we go down there. As for me, behold, God is talking. As for me, behold, my covenant, that's chapter, verse 4. My covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many. It has changed from a great nation now to many nations. Things are being multiplied. God is committing himself to a greater level. One nation, when you get saved. Many nations, when you become set apart. Praise the Lord. In, verse, in chapter 18, we saw something. That God was agonizing. Can I hide this from Abraham? He said, no. I must share with my servant Abraham. God was finding it difficult to hide a secret from a friend. Because he was sanctified. Praise the Lord. So you get saved, you get sanctified, and then you become a friend of God. You are set apart. God wants to share some secret things with you. He doesn't want to hide them from you. Praise the Lord. The relationship with Abraham blossomed. It blossomed so much. I like the way the key opens from verse 4. If you continue reading. Now God has reached a point. I remember when Pastor Leken was saying here. And he said, you know when you become a friend of God, you are very close to him. Ah, take that, take that, take that. From verse 4. It's like God has now opened the doors, windows in heaven. Things are floating. Multiplication. Exceedingly multiplying the blessings in the life of Abraham. Praise the Lord. Lessons. You become a friend of God. There's deeper secrets that you share with God. There's protection that you receive from God. Because we see Lot choosing the wrong place. And God shielding Abraham from that wrong choice. Doors are open for you. Moses, Exodus 2. Moses, Exodus 2. A man who was born in a privileged uh, brought up from a privileged background. But by faith, the Bible says, he rejected the noise of the palace. He rejected the noise of royalty that he may be counted among with the people of God. Praise the Lord. From an exalted position in the palace to a greater honor with the sheep. Somebody is wondering, how can you be honored with the sheep? Then let's look at him. Let's look at Moses. Moses was destined to be a leader. But in the palace, he was just being served. He didn't know what to lead his life. Praise the Lord. And God said the best training, because the Israelites are so stubborn, the best training for this man is the sheep. Now, he took, he took Moses to the, the Jethro School of Professional Management. 
and the, the students who are there, the sheep. If you have ever looked after the sheep, you know, once it puts its head down like this, the others will follow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not one of them is going to say, no, we are going the wrong direction. Once the first one goes, the others will follow like that. Praise the Lord. The man had to deal with this kind of animals before he is brought to, he had the dummy, dummy. He, he was using the dummy, fish, I mean the, 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 the sheep. Then he was brought to the real life. That's why the Israelites were so stubborn, but he was able to persist. Praise the Lord. Why? He had been taken apart, trained, made able to cope with those challenges. Praise the Lord. Quickly, David. David was in a, uh, removed from a very obscure background. He was brought into a life of victory. So the lessons we draw from uh, Samuel, First Samuel 16, 6, 13, is a man who is ever victorious. Why? He had been trained. To be a fighter with God. He had battled against the lion, the bear, and had overcome. He was now able to cope with tougher challenges. For you to face the most difficult challenges in your life, allow God to set you apart. He will prepare you. Praise the Lord. John the Baptist lived a peculiar life. Peculiar life, eating honey, locust. Hey, that was tough. Praise the Lord. It was tough. But the man endured. But in that wilderness, in that wilderness, God was preparing him. Praise the Lord. He was preparing him in a mighty way. And he became the precursor to our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to say this as we come to a close. There's also another man by the name Samson. In Judges 13, this Samson was born separate, set aside, a Nazarite, for the purpose of God. But he was irresponsible. He became irresponsible. And for that reason, he lost it all. A caution, brethren, if you are set apart, handle it with care. Praise the Lord. Embrace it. Protect it. Guard it jealously. Because you can lose it in a single moment. Praise the Lord. Irresponsibility is unacceptable. Five things that we finish up with. One, desire to move to the new level. Two, avail yourself before God in order to be set apart. Align yourself with the purpose of God in order to be set apart. Number three, there are benefits for being or living a sanctified life. We have seen in Abraham's life, we have seen in Moses' life, being elevated to a leader. We have seen in David's life, being elevated, being victorious in all his wars because he allowed himself to be set apart. For you have a responsibility for living a sanctified life. Praise the Lord. You have a responsibility for living a sanctified life. And five, a sanctified life is a true test for fitness for heaven. Praise the Lord. Let us stand up please. Just take a moment to look at your own lives. Do you realize that you are meant to be set apart? And look at your own life. Can you say that you are truly set apart? Let me just read for you a, a portion of scripture from Acts chapter 26 this is Paul asking or Saul asking the Lord so I said who are you Lord and he said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting this is in verse 15 now go on to verse 17 and Jesus says I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. 
Paul had to be taken out from the Jews. What do you need to be separated from? Paul prided himself on being a Jew. And he needed to be set apart from the Jews. What do you pride yourself with? What do you hold dear to yourself that you cannot give it up? Is it your possessions? Is it your qualifications? Is it your beauty? Is it your tribe? Is it your nation? What is it that is holding you? God is saying, you need to be set apart. Because God wants you and me to be set apart to bring to a people in darkness light. To bring to a people who are under the power of Satan God. Can you and I say to God today, yes, use me. Yes, use me. I am available. Set apart for your purposes. I no longer want to hold dear to me that which I have held dear to me so long. Just talk to God. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord Father, that you have told us once again, Lord, that we are a special people, Lord. A peculiar nation. A holy people who you have set apart, Lord Father. To bring light into darkness, Lord Father. To dispel that darkness, Lord Father. Father God, that which is holding us back. I ask, Lord Father, that today you release us from it, Lord Father. Father God, let us truly be set apart for you, Lord Father. Set apart from everything that's holding us back. That we will truly be your children. That we will truly be your people, Lord Father. Just as you took Abraham away from his nation, from his kindred, from his folk, from his home. And made him a father of nations. Father God, today. Take us out from everything that's holding us back. Everything that I don't want to release. That I hold dear to me. Father God, take it away for it is rubbish. And I pray, Lord Father God, that every one of us here will be able to stand and say that I am set apart. I have been called to preach the word. I have been called to bring light into darkness. I have been called to bring the power of God and dispel the power of Satan. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you used your servant, Lord Father, this day to bring to us a foundational truth, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would have grasped that truth, Lord. And we will look back on our own lives, Lord Father. Surrender ourselves into your hands. Pray, Lord Father God, that you will continue to anoint your servant, Lord Father. More discernment to him, Lord Father, that he will bring us your words of authority and power, Lord. And we will be taught from the word, Lord Father. I thank you, I praise you. We give all praise, honor and glory to you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace and close, uh, we're going to pray for Brother John Kennedy. He's just come to Oman. He's new here. He's a newcomer to our church today. He's been in Oman for just a few days. But he got news that a couple of days back his dad passed away. With all the paperwork that needs to be done, it's very difficult for him to go and do what needs to be done in the process of the burial of his dad. We're just going to commit him into the Lord's hands. We're going to say that God will take charge. God will make things possible. God will talk to him and give him the comfort that he wants right now. He has questions. Father God, you speak to John Kennedy, Lord Father. Father God, you hold him in the palms of your hand, Lord Father. Father God, we do not understand some things, Lord Father, but it's not for us to question you, Lord. 
We just ask, Lord Father God, that you be his friend in this land, Lord Father. At a time when he has very few friends, you be a reality in his life, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you make things possible for him, Lord Father. That even the papers that need to be processed, that his company will, will, will see the point and he will find favor, that he will be able to go and do what he needs to do for his dad. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you bring peace into his heart, Lord Father. We just commit him into your hands. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Final prayer point and then we close. There are children here who are going for exams. Am I right? Parents, you have children going for exams. Let's pray for every child who is going for an exam. Failure is not an option. Success to the highest level is meant for every one of you, boys and girls. Let's all pray for our children. They will be children of excellence. Their results will show it. The world will see that these children are set apart. Father God, we commit every child here, Lord Father, boy, girl, who's going for one form of an exam or the other. And we ask, Lord Father God, that you give them divine knowledge, Lord Father, a divine understanding of the subjects, Lord, that they shall excel in what they do, Lord Father. Focus on their studies, Lord Father. Help them to understand and do well, that they will find favor, Lord Father. And they will truly be the shining successes that you have meant them to be, Lord. Set them apart, Lord Father. We commit every one of them into your hands. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Be set apart for the Lord.